At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor, and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Shout out to Holly, one of our Great Big Photography World membership subscribers, for supporting this podcast and for being an amazing person in general. We really appreciate your support. Hello, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Australian photographer Adam Oswell. Adam is an investigative journalist and a wildlife photographer, a really interesting combination. He and I talk about illegal wildlife trade, advice for aspiring photojournalists, and much more. This is a really interesting and eye-opening conversation, so I hope you take the time to listen to all of it. Please enjoy. Hey, Adam. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Ty. Yes, uh, it's good to be here. My name is Adam Oswell. I'm from Australia. I'm currently in Thailand, where I spend most of my time working here and in the region. And uh, yeah, it's good to be on this podcast. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be able to share what uh, we do with you guys. You specialize in a very specific kind of photography, so I think we'll have a very interesting conversation that will enlighten and hopefully inspire the listeners. 
Yes, yeah, the, the type of photography uh, I do is is quite specialised. I mean, it's becoming more more common now as more people start to get interested in conservation and uh, and it becomes a, a bigger issue. But yes, it's it's quite specialised. Yeah. I'd like to start by congratulating you on your latest award. Please tell the listeners about it and what it means to you. Yes, thank you for that. It's um, I won the Wildlife Photographer of the Year for photojournalism this year, and uh, yes, it's a it's a it's a very uh, prestigious award and um, a huge honor to get that award. It's very difficult to win, as most people know. It's the the uh, the premier competition for wildlife uh, photography in the world. And they have a category for photojournalism, which is designed to highlight issues affecting wildlife. And um, it's a very popular category. And uh, I won that category. And yes, yeah, a huge honor. It's, it's, a, it's very difficult to win. And uh, I've been trying for a few years. And yes, it's, it's great to, to get that accolade. Really good. Thank you. What was your reaction like when you heard the news? Well, they announced it about six months in advance of the award. So I got an email about six months ago and it was, yeah, it was very surprising. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to win. Um, I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled and uh, expecting to go to London for the award ceremony that they have at the uh, Natural History Museum. But because of COVID, it was cancelled. So it was an online event, but um, it was still great and just fantastic to be able to talk to so many other photographers that have the same sort of passion uh, for wildlife and conservation. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I can imagine. But six months in advance, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time to keep a secret. <laughs> yes. exactly. there was, there's an embargo on, on any kind of media. So, yeah, I, I had to keep it quiet until uh, the 12th of October last week. Yes. <laughs> oh, that must have been difficult. It was, yeah, difficult, but... It was okay. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah, now you can openly talk about it. It must be relieving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so as a photojournalist, uh, what camera equipment do you use? Okay, so I've always used uh, Nikon gear and Leica gear. I started off when I first started getting into photography when I was in my late, you know, I was a teenager at high school. And I went traveling with my parents. They took me to Hong Kong and Japan and other parts of Asia, and it just changed my world. And my father brought me an Olympus OM-2, I think it was, which was great. I did a lot of traveling with that. But it, but uh, when that was stolen in India, I, I bought a Nikon, and I haven't changed ever since. And I've just found them so, you know, reliable. They've never, you know, broken down on me in, in very you know, difficult situations. And the same with the Leica. I love the Leica lenses and the simplicity of them, and and the, you know using film cameras were, were great. But that same reliability and and uh, quality is transferred into their digital cameras and lenses. So it's yeah, I use a combination of, of both. Usually uh, for, for wildlife, I use Nikon because they have obviously better lenses, you know, telephoto lenses and stuff, and fast autofocus. But for most of the photojournalism work, I use Leicas. So at the moment, I'm using an M262 and an SL2S for video, which is fantastic, and uh, a Nikon D850 with a, a variety of different lenses, which is pretty much all I need 
for for everything, really. That's very interesting. And Leica cameras, they're pretty lightweight, right? Yeah, they are. I mean, uh, the rangefinders are great. They're, they're pretty small. They're a camera that you can have on your most, you know, all the time, really. They're fast and easy to use. And same with the SL series. They're they're just fantastic. You know, the, the interface is so simple and uh, easy to use. And I love the way they separate the stills interface from the video interface. Um, it's it's great. It's really easy to use. Um, and I often have to shoot very quickly. In fighting situations, you know, they just pop up and you don't get much opportunity. So I just want something simple that works. And uh, and those and Leicas just do it really well. They're the perfect tool for, for what I need. Exactly, yeah. And they don't stand out too much. I mean, it's not a huge camera that might intimidate people. No, they're not. They don't really stand out. But, you know, a lot of people know, you know, there's a lot of thieves that know what they're looking at. <laughs> so, you know, that you still have to protect your gear, especially in, in countries that, you know, where there's, there's uh, a lot of desperate people. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have any tips for people who want to protect their gear when they travel? Because you said that you lost some of your gear in India a while back. So, yeah, that was, I do. Um, it's, it's, it was my fault, really, leaving it in my room, you know, um, in a cheap hotel. It was just asking to be stolen, really. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, if you're traveling, just keep your camera, you know, my best advice is to keep your camera on you, on you all the time, with you all the time. And it's just, it's the most important thing you have, really, when you're traveling, that and your passport so, and your money. So keep them, those things on you, on you all the time and uh, just constantly watch them <laughs> keep them protected simple but very helpful tip very important yeah. yes it is you specialize in covering illegal wildlife trade this was something that you consciously chose to do after years of being a photographer was there a specific incident that compelled you to start documenting this um a specific incident not really a specific incident i mean i've had so many incidents that have uh, been that have influenced sort of my life with, with wildlife. I mean, I started traveling when I was, you know, in my early 20s, when I was about 20 years old in, in Asia. And um, at that time in the 80s, you know, Asia was just really opening up and taking its big leap forward into the, into the world, you know, in terms of economies and tourism. So it went from you know, having a lot of biodiversity and being very undeveloped. And then suddenly just, you know, the development was uh, was unbelievable in a very short period of time. And that meant the destruction of a lot of forests and, you know, the building of roads and opening up of towns and things, which had a huge effect on biodiversity and, and you know, natural areas. And uh, I was just seeing huge volumes of wildlife being traded. You know, the scale of it was really shocking. And then after... You know, a couple of years, I'd go back to a place and it was completely gone in, in many cases, you know, or it's completely changed in such a huge, uh, sorry, in such a short time, period of time. So I wasn't seeing many people doing anything about it. It wasn't really an issue in terms of, you know, governments. It was an issue in terms of what was happening, but not many people were doing anything about it. So I decided then that I would work on this. And, uh, and since then, it's become a really booming industry. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
and uh, and a really important issue. And as as we're living through right now a, a global pandemic, which has come from zoonotic disease, which is from trading in wildlife. You know, the more we encroach into wild areas and expose ourselves to animals and and wildlife, the more we're going to be exposed to, to new viruses. It's a, it's a huge issue. And, um, yeah, so I decided to work specifically on this. And now I've become a bit of a specialist, which is which is good in the sense that I have a lot of work. There's a lot of demand, but uh, it's not good because it's an issue that uh, really needs to stop. Exactly. Yeah, on one hand, you do have a lot of work. And on the other hand, you have it because there are lots of problems. So I understand the dilemma. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you have so much experience in this industry and you have your own foundation called Wildlife One Conservancy that allows you to work on special projects in Thailand and in other countries. And I know that this work is very discreet, so you probably can't share much about it. But I'm curious to know which of your photography projects has had the biggest impact on you? Um, on me specifically and personally, uh, I, I managed a program training rangers in in Burma for oh, about 10 years in uh, some of the ethnic areas there. I mean, I don't know if many people are aware about what's happening in Burma right now, but there was a coup earlier this year, and it's now uh, fallen into a really bad state of affairs. It's, it's basically all-out civil war in a country, and it's been like that for a long time, basically since they gained independence from, from Britain. And uh, it's a very complex situation with a lot of players there, but it's a real uh, hub for a lot of different illicit industries, including wildlife, narcotics, timber, gold, human trafficking. I mean, it's and now since the coup, uh, all of those things have been scaled up because the military government uh, tried to, you know, trying to create more revenue as they get more isolated. So. Um, there's a lot of demand there, and uh, for, for protecting the really fantastic biodiversity that they have, there's some really special, high-value biodiversity in Burma still, and it mostly lays in uh, the sort of border ethnic-controlled frontier areas. So I spent a long time training rangers there, and it was just very rewarding taking young guys without any experience and some people who had a lot of experience with war so they had great skills to apply to being field rangers um, and training and watching the transformation of those people and learning about you know indigenous respect for nature and how they manage their forests and, and how they respect nature that was very rewarding and we deployed about 150 rangers in a, in a very large area of very high-value biodiversity, and uh, it was a very effective program, and they're still there protecting those areas. So that was very rewarding. Um, a lot of the other work I do is similar to that. Uh, it, it depends on on what's what's happening in the region. Things change. Things can change very quickly politically here, and uh, there's a lot of different dynamics going on. But the bottom line is that um, I work for organisations to protect wildlife and biodiversity through communications. And uh, sometimes it's sensitive, sometimes it's working in sensitive areas, um, sometimes it's not. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think the training, training the ranges is, is a very rewarding program because you can see uh, the transformation in people and how they, um, you know, helping them careers for themselves. And it's, it's just really fantastic to see. 
photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Horton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate Kevin LJ has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that all of these experiences are very rewarding, as you said, and also very grounding. Yes, they are. <laughs> yep. Um, it's, it's, yes. it's very, uh, I was going to say, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of wildlife trade is, is driven a lot by you know high uh, very high level uh, organized crime there's a lot of corruption in many countries in asia so it's you know you have to be very careful how you operate um that's that's a big factor and you have to be very discreet so it, it it's it's very important that you you know assess people and and the situation that you're going into so yeah, it does take a lot of experience. It's not something that you can just walk into. I mean, I've only got to the level I am now through, you know, 20 or 30 years of doing this. And it's, it's, uh, it's very rewarding. And I think it's, it's great if people are interested and want to do more and work on conservation through, uh, using photography. It's very rewarding and it's very effective. You know, photography is a very powerful medium to use for change. It can tell stories that are universal and uh, easily understood and, you know, photographs and images could change history. I think anyone who's interested in, in wildlife and cares about what's happening to our planet and are, are into photography, if they can apply themselves to that, you know, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of issues going on now. I think it's a really interesting and uh, rewarding uh, type of photography to get into. I agree. So how can other photographers make an impact in this industry? someone wants to help stop illegal wild wildlife trade in their own way, what can they do? I think in the, they need, you know, people need to ask themselves first, what is it they really want to do? You know, you can't do this unless you're passionate about it. 
you know, I, I've, I do this because it's not, you know, I'm not motivated necessarily by, by money or recognition. I do it because I care. I'm very passionate about it. There's a, a huge need for it. And I've managed to make a living out of it at the same time. But um, anyone who's contemplating about you know, doing this type of photography needs to ask themselves first, what, what is it they really want to do? If you're very passionate and you want to do this, then you can. It's, it's a choice that you have. Um, there's lots of types of photography, you know, advertising, there's, there's travel photography, there's so many different types of photography to make a career out of. Uh, conservation photography and photojournalism is, is one of them and it's, it's very rewarding and it has real value. You know, um, it's not easy, but if you have that passion and you make that decision, Genuinely, then uh, it's possible. And there's a lot of uh, organizations and there's a lot of demand for, for good stories. You know, um, there's a lot happening in the world right now with the environment facing, you know, biodiversity collapse, climate change issues. There's so many things going on. And uh, the more stories that are told effectively about what's going on, the more effectively we can influence governments and people to change. That's right. I completely agree with you. And you mentioned that you've worked in sensitive places where you need to be discreet. And I looked at your photographs and you photograph everything respectfully while staying true to your values as a photojournalist, which I think is a difficult balance to strike. So do you have any advice for aspiring photojournalists who want to photograph the world around them authentically? Um, <laughs> uh, I guess so. I Everyone has their own style and sees things differently. Um, with photojournalism and, and you know, taking photos discreetly, it, that is because usually of the situation, you have to be discreet. You can't just walk in and start taking photos in areas that people don't want you to take photos. Um, in, in the case of wildlife trade, I mean, with conservation issues, taking photographs about uh, different conservation programs for organizations or, or whatever is, is easier. Um, specifically wildlife trade when you're going into places that yeah, are difficult to get access to and you have to do things secretly most of the time. It's, it's very difficult. Um, again, I think people who wanted to do this uh, need to think very strongly about the photograph they want to take and um, you know, the story that they want to tell. They have to think very carefully about that and then concentrate on doing that. You know, many times you, you go in and you have to do whatever the situation dictates. You know, you, you can't design things and you don't have time to shoot things the way you want to. So a lot of times you just have to be spontaneous. But again, all this comes with experience. The more you do it, the more you get a feel for it. Um, but again, it's, it's always about the story, what you want to communicate in those images. Uh, that's the most important thing. Using the technology and the, the equipment is one thing. I mean, choosing the right equipment is important, and the right lenses to get the sort of image that you want to take. But the story, the you know, content is always king. It's the most important thing about photography, what you're trying to portray and what you're, the story you're trying to tell. Exactly. So you have to know your values as a photographer. Yeah, exactly. You do mentioned earlier as well in our conversation that you have to be able to read people when you work with them, especially in difficult situations. And I know that this is something that many photographers want to master. Do you have any tips for working with people in general, especially if they're strangers? 
Um, yeah, take your time. Uh, don't rush into things and push people. Um, I found that um, just sitting back and, and letting people feel comfortable with you being around with a camera and explaining when you can, explaining what you're doing there and what you're taking photos for is very important. If you can't do that, then simply just hang it around. Maybe the first visit to a place, you don't even take photos. You just go there and, and you hang around and, and, and then you go back later and you gradually start taking photos. You have to invest time and effort sometimes to get good images. Yeah, I think it's, it's a skill that's, uh, it's difficult sometimes because, um, people are, you know, people are people. They, they, they sometimes are defensive and, and private. They don't want people coming in and taking photographs. It, again, it depends what, what the issue is and what, what you're photographing. But my general advice is to, to take your time and, and really look at the situation you're in and, uh, and don't rush into it. Again, if, it depends because sometimes you don't have time to do that. So it's, it's, it comes down to judgment and experience. But generally speaking, yeah, you have to, you have to invest in building relationships with people if you can or making them feel comfortable and, uh, not stealing an image, you know, not making people feel angry and creating conflict that just, uh, makes the situation worse. Right. Yeah. You have to be a psychologist, basically. <laughs> yeah, you have to pay attention. You know, uh, you have to pay attention to people, and eventually, you know, eventually, as you just, the more you do it, you learn to to read people and and uh, take notice of little things. It's the little things that are important, the details. Exactly. You, you really have to pay attention to those things and uh, to what people are saying and and uh, their body language. It's very important. Right, yeah. I think you have to care about people and not just care about the kinds of photos you'll take, as you just said yourself. I think that's definitely a very important part of this kind of photography. Yes, it is. I'm curious to know, what has been the most difficult obstacle for you to overcome as a photographer? Um, the most difficult obstacle? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think one of the most difficult things has been maintaining your independence um it's difficult to work for clients and work for people and then man while you know trying to maintain your own ideas and your own you know integrity without following people's agendas that's been a, a challenge sometimes especially when you work for big organizations there's always an agenda you know there's always uh you know something behind what, what they want you to do. So I, I've, I've always tried to be as independent as possible. It's very difficult because everyone has to work for somebody. But, um, you know, maintaining your independence and your, your, your independence in the sense of the work that you want to do has been the most challenging thing for me. Yeah, I completely understand that. But I've never imagined that organizations, like big organizations, have their own agendas. I've never thought about that. So that's very eye-opening. You know? Yeah, absolutely they do, yeah. Um, I mean, everyone has an agenda, really. Everybody wants, you know, uh, it's very difficult to find people who, who, uh, you know, are, um, you know, that don't have their, their, an agenda, per se, when, when they're doing, working on an issue or, or a project. You know, they're always trying to push, everyone is trying to push or, you know, present their side of things. And, 
yeah, it's, it's in conservation, it's very common. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. another important thing to know for people who are interested in this kind of work. Yeah, it is. Okay, I have one more question for you, one last question. What is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great photography world? Um, I'd like to achieve change. If my photography can change the way people look at nature, can change people's relationships with animals and with other species on this planet, and can make them change their, you know, the way they see themselves uh, in relationship to nature, I mean, I'd be very happy if I could do that because this is what we're facing right now. We, we're really at a critical time where people have to start paying attention to what's happening. You know, the bottom line for us uh, is nature. It underlines everything we do. We need to really start nurturing nature now, and uh, that means every other species on this planet because it's, it's all, we're all connected. And... Uh, that's how this world has evolved, and you know we're changing it very quickly. You know, it's for the first time in in history, uh, you know, one species has taken over the planet. That's humans, and um, you know we really need to start changing the way we do things. And hopefully, that's going to start happening. And you can see now with COP26 in Glasgow, and there's a lot of big uh, meetings coming up that are going to discuss this, and and it looks like. Things are changing, but um, yeah, it's a really critical time right now. So if my photography can help instigate that change, then then uh, I would consider, yeah, I'd be very satisfied, very happy. That's a nice answer. And I think your work is already helping so many people and organizations because as we talked about earlier, the award that you won, the photograph that won that award, it's already creating a lot of important conversations around the world. So your photographs are impactful and it's clear that you love what you do so I have no doubt that you will achieve this goal mm, I hope so thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast I had so much fun talking to you and uh, thank you for telling me about your work and what you care about I think the listeners are going to be very inspired by your story thank you yeah, you're welcome Ty I hope people find it interesting thanks very much thank you thank you Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. Illegal wildlife trade is a huge issue in the world, and I'm very grateful to Adam for taking the time to talk about it with me and to share his experiences as an investigative photojournalist. I'll leave some links in the show notes if you want to contribute to stopping illegal wildlife trade and uh, finding out more about this issue in the world. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.